Emerging technologies are transforming the healthcare industry as we know it. Investors, say hello to HTech, a portfolio dedicated to capturing the significant growth potential of healthcare innovation. Learn more at roboglobal.com/htec. Hey, this is Romy Mack, and you're listening to the Interview with Rome podcast. Hey, what's going on, everybody? This is Romy Mack. Welcome to another edition of Interview with Rome. And today's special guest, I have author Alex Bernstein for the for the novel The Platform. Be sure to check out you know, Alex Bernstein's work on, on Amazon. You can check out The Platform there. Alex hails from Pennsylvania. We're going to go ahead and get into his stories. So, Alex, man, welcome to the show. Appreciate uh, you being on. So, anyway, man, uh, how's, the, how's the day going so far, for one? We'll go, we'll, we'll go with that. Uh, it's, it's fine. It's... <laughs> It's still kind of early. We're uh, recovering from the tornado watch we had last night. It's still pretty windy, but I think it's going to ship up to be a pretty good day. Oh, well, that's good, man. Um, well, it's sunny down here in South Florida, Homestead, that is. So it's a good day so far. Uh, hopefully it's a great day. But I want to start off the interview with asking, who is Alex Bernstein? Alex Bernstein is just an ordinary guy with an overactive imagination. So where did you get your start in writing? Um, probably when I was in middle school. No, even before that, I there was some English classes, probably like third or fourth grade, and you know we, we had to write a, um, we had to do like six poems or something and like a short story. Um, so I wrote a story, it was probably like five pages or something, but um, you know, that kind of got me excited about like creating characters and writing dialogue and stuff. And then I took a creative writing class in college. So like nothing really happened. I mean, I, I, I took that class in like elementary school and then, um, you know, I didn't write anything until I got to college, but I took a creative writing course and um, I got one of my poems published in the, in the school's literary magazine and that kind of put the thought in my head like maybe you know what i'm writing isn't total garbage um so that's what really kind of progressed my wanting to you know do something more with it and then i i after after that i that that was at a community college and then i went to penn state um, you know, I was only there for about two months, and it was just the worst experience of my life. <laughs> and that is, um, in my, in my book, there's there's a character who is, is basically his uh, his backstory was my experience at, at Penn State. So after that, that kind of you know shaped you know like what I wanted to do with my life. Okay. All right, so we got that you went to Penn State. What other colleges did you attend? Uh, it was just a community college, the Harrisburg area. Oh, okay. College. All right. All right, man. So, so where did you grow up? I actually grew up in Scottsdale, Arizona. I graduated from the same high school that David Spade went to. Okay. Um, so, like, you know, all my friends live out. I mean, I, I have friends here, too, but, like, all the friends that I've known, like, forever, they're all, they all live out in Arizona. Yeah, your childhood friends. Yeah. So what's the what's the first book you ever wrote? Well, aside from you know the ones I wrote when I was a, um, a little kid, the first book that I got published is the platform. Oh, nice. All right. So let's go into the platform, man. Like, who's the uh, the protagonist, the antagonist of this uh, this book? Protagonist is the narrator. He doesn't have a name, but I did that because I didn't really want the book to be about him. So he is an author and he, you know, he wants to write this book. So basically to uh, to steal a line from Lemony Snicket, he, you know, he encounters a series of unfortunate events and then he winds up meeting all these interesting people and then they become the protagonists, I guess, of the story. And then you start hearing more about, you know, where they came from and then their stories, be all of their stories, that becomes the basis for the book that he writes. Okay. So it's not really about him. He's just kind of explaining what's going on. Got you. Got you. It's like a street reporter or whatever. Yeah. I got you. Yeah. 
All right, man. So when you when you're writing, like, what's your mantra for creativity? What's uh, how do you go about? Uh, I guess get, getting together ideas for writing. Like, what's something that you like you do? So, like, for instance, with me, when I um when I create music, and uh, or I'm sitting there trying to cre- come up with something for like the podcast, I tend to yeah, I sit I just sit on really I sit on the couch. I play like old arm like old uh, like funk music, and for whatever reason that like helps me to uh <laughs> to come up with ideas, but uh, or classical rather. Um, that's probably that's probably cla- like a Mozart channel on Pandora's where I'll you know I'll get ideas. So for you. What do you, how do you go about getting your your uh, your creativity? Yeah, um, I, I don't really have a mantra. Part of my writing process, though, is I create like soundtracks or you know whatever I'm, I'm I'm working on. So there's a few there's there's a few songs that I reference in the platform that were part of the soundtrack that I had created. Like I I went into iTunes and I make like a playlist. And then I just listen to all those songs, you know, like one after another. And then that kind of, it's kind of a way of telling a story through music. Uh-huh. And then there were some that I couldn't put in the novel because the novel takes place in 2011. And some of the songs came out after that. Yeah. <laughs> so, you know, it wouldn't make sense if they were in there. I got you. But that's kind of how I do it. Like I'm working on one now and I got about, you know, like four or five songs that would be on the soundtrack and that's not to say that you know i can't write it until the soundtrack is completed just there's things that happen and then I, it puts a thought in my head and then i hear a song like on the radio or on pandora mm-hmm. and i listen to the lyrics and it kind of explains what's going on and then i kind of tie that into the story somehow I guess, yeah. all right so being we're on subject of music say who's your favorite artist at least right now God. Yeah, I guess name a few artists that uh, that uh, you know that you listen to uh, the ones from the soundtrack. Right now, right now it's probably Stone Sour, and I, they're not like a new band, but just every time I hear their music, I just get that that feeling like I want to you know go for a run or something. Not, not that I'm a runner, but you know it yeah. just gets your heart pounding. Yeah. So what uh, what type of genre do they do? It's like hard rock. Oh, it's uh, Corey Taylor. He's the singer from. Slipknot, it's his like, it's his side band, but I think they're better than Slipknot. Ah, uh, I got you. Okay. Yeah. yeah Slipknot, Slipknot reminds. That's like, it's like high school, high school days. Uh, yeah, yeah. They they've been around for a while, but I mean, yeah. they're still making good music. So. That's yeah. That's all that matters, man. So, what's everyday life like in Pennsylvania? It's fine, you know. I, I've lived here. I've lived in Arizona. You know, I've lived in a couple different places, and I've noticed that no matter where you are, you know, there's there's pros and there's cons. Like here, there's like I live in like a central area where there's a lot to do. You know, there, there's Hershey Park, there's Harrisburg, there's um, you know, there's a bunch of um, museums and stuff. I'm like an hour and a half from Philly, so I'm pretty close to where I can drive anywhere within two hours and then you know but the the summers are like really like humid here whereas in arizona the weather was nicer it's not as cold but there's like nothing to do there so it just kind of depends on you know if you're an outdoorsy person or you like being indoors you know so are you a sports guy i'm a baseball guy um i've i've tried getting into like other sports like i watched football for a while but it's i just i can't get into football i i i can watch hockey but i can't sit for like the entire game baseball is the only sport that like i can watch from start to finish and not get bored i think it probably stems from my childhood because my dad would always watch the baseball games and i would just be out there with him like watching them yeah i also noticed that it's the only like all-inclusive sport like you know there's people from all all ethnicities in baseball you don't have that in hockey you don't really have that in football like baseball you know there's white people there's black people there's asians there's everybody whereas you know uh hockey is predominantly white people football is predominantly black people basketball is you know there's not really a lot of asian people it's just white people and black people and you know i'm not saying that race is really an issue but it's the one sport that seems to that everybody can agree that you know it's in my opinion the greatest sport 
That's where we defer because foot. I would say football. <laughs> I'm a big. I say big football guy. And uh, baseball, you know, it's so, it's so funny. Um, they they call it that many. Um, yeah, it's, yeah, America's pastime. And uh, like for me, I can go sit at a baseball game um, versus. I, well, I prefer. I'll say I I prefer to sit at a baseball game rather than watch it on on TV. But I mean, yeah, like watching the, the same thing. yeah watching the World Series though. You know, you get you know you can easily get into it, man. Like the excitement, especially if you got. Two good teams that you know got good pitchers, you know guys that are, are working the infield, and you know got guys you know out you know out outfield, and you know you got like a, a big hitter like Bryce Harper, which I'm sure you guys are very happy to have right now. Um, uh, you know what, man? I think he's overrated. I mean, I'm glad that we have another like good player, but I don't think he's worth the 330 million dollars whatever i think he'll show you i think he'll prove you wrong in uh in a little while that that guy's uh guy's amazing like he came down here to i think we we, we played yeah we played the nationals yeah. uh, my, my cousins were down i'm literally sitting there with my cousins they don't really watch baseball well, they, i mean they don't yeah they're not really big baseball fans they watch baseball but they're not really big baseball fans i would say i'm more of a baseball fan than they are and here you know bryce runs uh he bats i think he was batting third or fourth and i was like this guy comes up to the plate man he's charting it out and he did not let me down man <laughs> like he's just that he's just that good very, very, very cocky, very cocky guy. But uh, yeah. I mean, backs it up with his backs it up with his game plan, man. And uh, but yeah, I, I can totally uh, get where you where you're coming from with, uh, with with baseball as far as being so inclusive as to as far as uh, as far as race goes. wasn't always like that, that's for sure. Yeah. But yeah. and um, definitely that is the one where uh, it, it, that game is played around the world. It's so funny. Um, like I, I talk about this at work sometimes. Like the world. You know the World Series. It makes yeah, more. It's, si it's not really the, the World Series. It's the North American. Yeah, that's what I'm saying. It's and then like, and, like, but all the yeah. sports do that shit though. Like NBA, NFL. I mean, I mean, let's. I mean, Americans play at least for right now. That Americans play the best basketball. So um, I, I can I can see why you would say World Champion. But like you said, that's North American. Like that's American yeah. champions. And then football, yeah, we're the only one that plays this form of football. So how are how are they the world? You know, the world champions of like football. It's it's only played in you know it's only played in America like yeah. that. But I mean, because we as Americans like to think that we are the best in the world. So yeah, everything we do is you know the world's greatest. Yeah, or but over yeah, the foreign players are going to be the ones that's going to take over the league. Uh, I, I believe that in baseball for sure, especially like Caribbean, you know, they're uh, very, very uh, highly skilled uh, individuals and even Asian, even Asian players, at least from my, at least my perspective from outside looking in. I'm not the, the, like I said, I don't know the ins and outs of baseball. Played it, I played Little League and Coach Pitch when I was a kid, but I, that's where, that's where my baseball dream stopped right there. Uh, everything else was was basketball. Mom wouldn't let me play football. <laughs> didn't want me getting hurt. And I think I roughly thank her for that. Looking at some of the the, the you know the injuries mentally that yeah. they that they endure. But yeah, man, I'm definitely as you can tell, I'm definitely a sports fan and and being a I'm, I'm a Bulls fan, 49er fan, Mar I guess Marlins and Florida Panthers fan. It's probably like to, to cover all the sports. That's yeah, my teams are all over the place because I followed my older cousin. And when at a younger age, I, I was four. I think he's about nine. He was he was into the he was into the Bulls because of Jordan. He was into the Niners because of Jerry Rice and you know Joe Montana. So I kind of held on to those teams and like through, throughout the year. But yeah, football is is certainly my uh, that that's my that's my um, choice of sport because of what the game teaches. You know, even more so than the field, it teaches character, and you just like it takes. I like it. and I'll ask you that, man. Because being you're a baseball baseball guy, I like for me the reason why I like football is because it takes everyone to to get the, the everyone to to win. But I don't feel that same way. I guess uh, as how you look at it with baseball, do you think it takes uh, like an entire team to like to win? You would you say baseball is a team sport or? If it's because, like, my I guess my logic is, no, I mean, yeah, I think it, it mainly comes down to um, pitching. 
because if you're you know if your pitcher's giving up runs, it doesn't really matter how good the other players are. But then again, when they're on offense, you have to like score runs. So it, it it's like when it's when it's defense, or when 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 the when the when you're on defense, it's up to your pitcher. And then when you're on offense, it's all it's up to everybody except for the pitcher. Because usually the pitchers aren't the greatest hitters because they don't have batting practice. So. Yeah. Unless you're in the American League, then the pitchers don't even get a chance to hit. It's the, it's the designated hitter. Exactly. So, I mean, for me, I just don't see, like, because it can be 0-0, bottom of the ninth. That one guy comes up, charts it out. That's the game, you know? Yeah. So, I guess that's that's my logic with the why I don't really see baseball as being, like, a team sport. But. I get it. And, and, and I understand why people say it's boring because, you know, it's the one sport that doesn't have like a time clock and there's not a lot of movement it's a lot of people just standing around doing nothing for three hours but you know i i i i don't live a very exciting life so to me that's fine (laughs) that they're just standing there for three hours it gives me a chance to relax you know what's funny man like playing uh, like i've played you know playing the game it's been a long time but i did get like fulfillment of actually playing you know you're you're up the bat you got a guy on on, on second and you know he's trying to steal or get you know steal to get to third and those, and those things like it's and like for me playing it is fun playing it is fun watching um maybe not not, not always now it's, there there are a couple couple games where it's like okay can we get this over with same yeah, as, that's kind of how I feel about football and basketball. Yeah, like, I and there's enjoy, that too. Like, you know, Same going with to that. the basketball court, shooting hoops, and tossing a football back and forth. Where I, I don't really like playing baseball because it's kind of boring. You just like stand there, but yeah. I like to watch it. I don't know. There's you know, and, and there there are times in the NFL like there's you have a, a boring. I would say boring games. Like for instance, if like the Jaguars were playing the Browns, like there's a couple Monday Night Football games where. They're doing their best to like to commentate and make sure make this thing sound exciting, but it's just like, or, or rather, the Thursday night football games, and they've had um, they, they had they've had people uh, complain about that as far as like how the how how the how the game how boring the game is on the, the choice of the teams that were that were made for Thursday. Like, there's no um, they're not playing for it. You feel like they're not really playing for anything. But I would say for me, the game that the two sports that are always, oh, I almost always have excitement because of how hard it is to score, and that is hockey and soccer. Yeah. Uh, at least from at least from at least from me, you know. What I mean, I'm not the uh, I'm I play I play hockey games like video games, but it's but and and I and same for soccer. But I don't. Uh, yeah, I've never I never played. You know, being in Virginia. We didn't have a hockey team, and I, I, at the time, I just wasn't into into hockey or even or even soccer at that at that point. Yeah, and it it, uh, it it surprises me that hockey players don't get paid more than football players. Exactly, because exactly. they play you know almost every night, and they're on ice skates, and they're getting slammed into the walls constantly. And, yeah, you know, football players play once a week, and they don't move around that much. You know. Yeah. It's like fifteen minutes. Like if it was, yeah. if everything moved constantly, it's fifteen. It's fifteen minutes. But I guess hockey isn't isn't as popular as football, so there's not enough money in the league to to pay the players. And that's why it not it's not popular here. I don't know how as far as like it is around the world or or even in Canada for that matter. But yeah, they definitely I believe they should because they're basically playing football on ice. They, yeah. they should get yeah definitely should get paid. I'm, I'm well, we can agree on that. I believe they should get paid um, a hell of you know hell of a lot more than what they do, man. So moving to the uh, obviously next part of the interview, like how how did you and your wife meet, bro? We met in a speech class at that community college that I attended. Yeah, um, she sat in the very front row and I sat in the very back row. And she says that this never happened, but she would always like turn around and like stare at me, and then she would act like she wasn't. And I, I, I kept like like catching her, and she kept like denying it. Yeah. And then we, like I, I saw that that happening, but you know I, I never like approached her just because I've been kind of screwed over by lots of girls, so I wasn't at the time I wasn't ready to like you know start anything up so I was like oh well this girl likes me but whatever um but apparently she told somebody else in the class and then that girl came over and you know gave me her phone number and then I called her as soon as I got home 
That's good, man. And so, how did you know that she was like that one, like the what that separated her from the, like from the rest? Like, what made her a woman versus the girls that you had been involved? Well, I didn't know that. You know, I'd said like right away. You know, I was right. attracted to her, and we had a couple of projects in that class, so I kind of got to know like what she liked and what she was into like she, we were doing this thing and she was talking about how she played guitar and music is a very part of a very important part of my life and i figured if she plays guitar she's into good music because uh, there's you know there's music that i don't like yeah but i figured you know if she plays guitar then she's got to know a lot about music and that's really important to me no so that's that was another part of it like i knew a few things about her before i made that phone call i got you i got you um so like what uh i would say what led you to be like okay i'm gonna i'm gonna marry this this girl versus everybody else uh, i have a problem with losing my keys <laughs> like i put them down and i never ever know what, where i put them and we were i think we were either leaving her her mom's house or leaving my parents house and i was like pissed off because i couldn't find my keys and i was looking for them for like 10 minutes and then she finds them and i'm like i, I was like i love you and I, you know i said it just because like thank you for finding my keys but i think when i said it you know i realized that it was more than just an expression yeah so that was when i realized it oh, okay cool man good well definitely i'm happy for you guys man so um i think we kind of somewhat answered this with the mantra thing but i'll say like where do you find your inspiration that's a tough question i don't know i read a lot i listen to a lot of npr and i just i pick up on on stories i you know when we go out in public i like observe other people so i do a lot of like people watching and then I kind of, you know, write down what I see and then I put like a little twist on it. But then, like I said previously, you know, if there's a song that, that comes out, I listen to the lyrics and there might be something in that song and then I mix it with something that I've seen and it kind of starts to form this idea. One of the, so when I, I first wrote the platform, it was completely different than the final product. But the one thing that stayed the same was I was thinking about that urban legend about alligators in the sewers of New York City. And then I started doing research and like, like how it started. And apparently parents would buy baby alligators for their children. And then when they get to be, you know, um, too big to handle, basically, they'd flush them down the toilet. So that put the thought in my head, like, I wonder if there's, like, people that feel that way, you know, like these um, these troubled teenagers who are, you know, too much for their parents to handle and that their, their parents basically flush them down the toilet. So it's stuff like that. Like, I'll hear about something and then I'll kind of twist it around and make it, like, a reality. That's an interesting concept to have, man. Of course, you, you mentioned before that you're an, uh, an avid coffee drinker, so I'm at the you, man. Like, what what is your favorite cup of coffee? What, uh, yeah, what's your favorite cup of coffee? My favorite cup of coffee is basically any flavor, but it has to have two scoop or two big tablespoons of creamer and two big tablespoons of sugar. I don't know why I like sweet coffee. Um, yeah. I used to just, you know, go to like the gas station and I'd get whatever coffee they had, but I think maybe I'm getting spoiled. Yeah, so you like a little coffee with your sugar, I got you. <laughs> yeah. Uh, I'm yeah. not the same same way. Like when I do, whenever I do drink coffee, I'm not a big coffee drinker because I don't really like what it does to your teeth. But yeah. same, same, with, same with like tea. But when I do drink coffee, it's like uh, this French vanilla latte that we have on on base at this at our at our shop at they they have a, a French. Fresh vanilla latte, I that like pretty, um, pretty, pretty good. If I ever had to, like, if I couldn't sleep the night before, because we work all kind of shifts, and I needed to get like uh, that pick me up. Uh, the, yeah, the fresh vanilla latte, I, I like that. It's very, you know, like I said, a sweet, um, a sweet uh, coffee taste to it. So, are you? Uh, I would say Team Duncan or Team Starbucks when it comes to coffee and. Um. If you asked me that question 10 years ago, I would say Dunkin' Donuts. Yeah. But now I'm on Team Starbucks. Yeah. Um, 
you know, for a while, I was, like, very anti-Starbucks. I'm like, their coffee's too expensive, and it tastes like shit. I still think it's too expensive, but I don't buy it all that often, because, you know, I have my own coffee maker. It actually, the, the one that, that I have actually makes full pots, and it has the, uh, the, the single cup server on the other side. Yeah. But, I don't know, um, I think Dunkin' Donuts has... You know, there's food-wise, I was I would go to to Dunkin' Donuts because they have like breakfast sandwiches and donuts, and Starbucks has like croissants and um, what are those things called? Um, I forget what they're called. It's like it's like a uh, pie thing, but it's like all wrapped up. But it's 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 like too fancy for me. So <laughs> I mean, I would still go to Starbucks because usually if I'm at either of those two places now, it's for a frozen coffee. And every time I go to Dunkin Donuts, they fuck up my order. <laughs> so that's why I go to Starbucks. I got you. All right, man. What's the hardest thing you've had to face in your life thus far? I would say when my wife had her miscarriage. Uh. It was very like emotional and just having to deal with that situation with her uh and it was it was it was really early on in the pregnancy so it wasn't you know as um i guess severe as some people have probably gone through but i could see like you know just watching her that how much pain she was in because she had to do the um it's like a side attack tablet yeah and they inserted vaginally and it basically just you know makes the baby come out or the the uh the fetus and it's it was it was so it was so small that they didn't have to like operate or anything but you know when it came out there were like it was like uh like mucus kind of and it just you know watching that and then flushing the toilet it's just like an emotional like you know this could have been an actual life but the doctor was like you know it's it's not going to be a good pregnancy it takes a toll on you emotionally um, mentally physically for the woman and yeah yeah and, yeah i think maybe if people talked about it more it wouldn't be such a big deal um, I think people are like ashamed to talk about it because then it's like they're um, condoning abortion. Yeah. And that's such a sensitive topic that you know people never. That's that, that's why people don't even say that they're pregnant until you know like the second trimester because they don't want to you know have to go through that and then tell people like oh I had a miscarriage because then people are like oh you just killed you know a baby. Yeah. So, well, uh, I think more people should talk about it. Well, it wouldn't be so emotional because it's not that rare of a thing. Like we thought maybe we did something wrong and then you do that on top of what's already going on and makes it more emotional. Yeah, well, I mean, in most mo- most topics that that would create the most conversation are usually hard to like to di- you know hard to discuss, yeah. such as race and politics. You know what I'm saying? Like a lot of people tend to avoid that. Like my what is it? My public speaking uh, uh, t- uh, professor in college at uh, Campbell University um, in in North Carolina. He he had said to us like. You know, people like uh, the only things that's really worth having conversations for is race, politics, and I think religion, and like everything else is bullshit. And like, it makes. I mean, we wouldn't. Things would get a lot, Things would move a lot further if we were open to have these conversations. But no one wants to have that conversation. We'd rather discuss. Like, we'd rather talk about sports, which ultimately means it's just bragging rights. And you get a shiny trophy, and some and some get paid a hell of a lot of money, <laughs> or overpaid, as you said, for <laughs> for Bryce Harper. And then some yeah. like TV shows, like our Game of Thrones fans, or The Walking Dead, all of that doesn't mean doesn't really mean anything. It's just something to to like really talk about. It doesn't shape um, like the, our society and whatnot. It puts us in the groups, but it doesn't really shape our like society as a whole. Is not going to do anything. No one's going to benefit from that. But race, religion. And politics, they for you know they 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 change everything you know. Mm-hmm. So definitely, yeah. I just I just find that um, very very funny, you know, or I'd say ironic rather. Uh, which comes easier for you, bro, writing poems or novels? I I would say writing poems is easier, just because they don't take as long. Um, but when it comes to publishing, it's easier to, I, I, in my opinion, it's easier to get a novel published 
because the um, the criteria isn't as strict. Whereas if if it's a poem, you know, you have uh, like let's say you you write like um, ten lines or whatever. Those ten lines have to be perfect. They're not going to edit your poem. They're not going to give it to an editor. He's like, well, we should change this and rewrite this. They're just going to look at the at whatever you give them as as if that's going to be published. You know, if you write a novel, it's going to go through a bunch of rewrites and editors, and they're going to like polish it up. Um, so that's the difference. You know, if you it, it's 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 not going to take as long to write the poem. And I think the people who judge poetry, they're they're kind of a tough crowd. I've noticed that people who read poetry don't like poems that rhyme, and most of the poems I write are rhyming poems. Although the the, the one that I got published did not rhyme, but I think if it if it doesn't rhyme, there has to be something else to it. Um, I wrote a poem about flypaper, but I I I, I made it in two different columns. Um, so it looked like it was two separate poems. It, like you could cut it down the middle, and it would work as two separate poems. Or if you move them together, you know that it's one longer poem. So I think if you write a poem that that doesn't rhyme, that's not really fun to read. There should there should be something like fun about it, either the way it looks, or some type of um, like the design of it, or you know something like that to give it a little bit. Extra. I got you. All right, man. What's your five-year plan for your career as an author? I have, I think, three years left on my contract for the platform. So after that expires, I'm hoping to have my current manuscript done, and then I'm going to be shopping for an agent. Um, I've, and people tell me that you don't really need an agent because you know you just end up losing more money. But, I mean, I, I think it would be easier for me if I had somebody else, you know, shopping for publishers and stuff. Yeah. Um, so I'd be, I'm going to be looking for an agent after I get the manuscript uh, finished. And then if they accept that, I would also offer them um, the platform. But um, I would end up writing um, more, like adding on to it, because it, it's only... 37,000 words so that's why it's not available in like a physical copy because if they printed it you know the book would be really really thin and I think people who read have a certain expectation on how thick the book should be so I would go back I'd add another you know three to five thousand words I would add an introduction about you know basically what we've been talking about like what inspired me to write it and stuff and I will also end up changing my or not changing uh, using a pen name because after I got it my my book published I learned that there's another Alex Bernstein and I think people are confusing me or thinking that I wrote these other books I had you I, I think her name is Bornstein from Family Guy Family Guy Alex Bornstein and then there yeah I did as I was like googling stuff for, for you know this upcoming interview i did come across an alex bernstein i was like is that no that's yeah, yeah no that's him no. Yeah. and i so I, I and i was trying to make my it's called authors central on amazon and i type my name in and this other guy comes up with all of his books and they're like is this you and i'm like no and i think just to make things easier i'm going to end up using a pen name it, it, it'll be similar to my regular name um i'm not exactly sure how i'm going to do it yet i might have to add like a middle initial even though i don't have a middle name but that's that, that's my plan basically find an agent get my book published rewrite the old one and i'd probably change the title because when i was thinking of the title and trying to find a cover i couldn't find a cover that fit with the title that i had so i had to end up changing the title so that when they look at the cover they don't get confused right so i would go back and make it exactly how i wanted it so who would you say is your biggest supporter my wife was my biggest supporter before i got the book published but she doesn't read so like after i got it published she's like well congratulations and now she's kind of like what are you gonna do now <laughs> but there's one of my friends out in arizona she's you know she's watched all these interviews and she's uh, she said she's read the book i don't know if she has or, or she she started i'm not sure if she's finished it but 
probably her. So, you know, and I have other friends who they, they've read it. They've given me feedback. But I don't want people to think, like, my wife doesn't support me because she does. But, you know, I'm, she's also my wife, so she needs me to do stuff around the house. So a lot of times she's like, well, you can do your writing, but, you know, do it later. Yeah. I got you, man. Yeah. Uh, so if you were a writer, what would you be? I would be an anthropologist. I actually, when I was at Penn State, uh, that was, that's, well, I was, when I was at Penn State, I was in the psychology program, but I was going to minor in anthropology. And then I had a discussion with my brother and he was like, what are you going to do with that? And I'm like, well, I could get a job in a museum. And that's, that's, that, that's about it. So then I decided not to do that. But just the whole idea you know like studying humans and you know their behaviors and where we've come where we've come from and where we're going is interesting to me so what's the best part about fatherhood for you i think when i come home from work and my daughter's there and she just runs up to me and gives me a hug and she says daddy yeah that is that's I don't know, you know what's uh, i'd say probably 10 years from now that that's, that's gonna change yeah We'll see. Enjoy this. Yeah, man. Enjoy those moments while they last. I remember a time where, I, you know, I would come, you know, up to Virginia from Florida to visit my kid. And, yeah, I would see I would see her. And, yeah, it's that joy that you get, man. There's nothing greater than that feeling. And then one day they, they grow up and, you know, they're yeah. teenagers. And it's like, what you doing here, man? <laughs> but it's um you know it's it's just i guess that 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 phase that you go through and you got to be able to stick with it and just you know, show them that you're there and that's that's all that's really what we that's really all we can do is to just continuously show them that unconditional love that we have for them um so which, what's one point of advice you can offer to make i would say a marriage work like, well, at least what's worked for you so far? I think you have to figure out if you want to have kids or not, because if you're planning to have kids, then you want to make sure you get, like, all your traveling done. You want to get everything done before that happens. Because once you have kids, man, well, I'm not talking to you. I mean, yeah. uh, you know, but you uh, you don't really get to do any of that for at least a couple of years. Like, we keep talking about we, 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 we want to go to... Um, Disney, but you know, our daughter isn't going to remember it now. Yeah. So we were like, okay, well, why don't we go when she's like three or four? But now we have another baby coming. So now we have to wait another, you know, four years. So it's like, you know, if you want to, you know, take a trip and do it now. And then, you know, after the, after the, the, the kids come it's basically you want to make sure like one of you isn't doing all the work you need to work as as a team like my wife and i we take turns um making dinner like if she's home then she'll she'll cook dinner if, if, if i'm at work and then like if she works and i'm home then i'll make dinner right. you know you take turns if if the babies are sick or whatever and they wake up in the middle of the night you know you get one night your spouse gets the other night you just gotta work as a team right so, so let me ask you this man is your wife cooking is that a requirement for you as a as a man you know um, i mean there's some guys out there that just like oh you know yeah she has to cook or something like that i personally i don't i don't care as long as we're eating i don't give a fuck it's a requirement i mean i don't think we'd be able to go out and eat every night so if i you know can't cook and she refuses to cook then that might be an issue but <laughs> I got nah, you. it's not it's it's not like a requirement right but. right yeah but it's so yeah some guys are very i would say very machismo and you know are like yeah. try to be that way where they feel like oh well yeah if she doesn't cook then you know what good is she type thing you know <laughs> I, I look at that because I, I grew up in a house where my dad did most of the cooking. So I my view on that is like totally, you know, different than this particular point, you know, perspective. So just interesting uh, what you thought about that. What's your guilty pleasure? My guilty pleasure. You know, I this is the one question that I was having problems with. I'm going to say that I listen to ICP. <laughs> And oh, I don't like to admit it because I used to like have the t-shirt with like the hatchet man on it and yeah. then I would get approached by like hardcore ICP fans and I don't know if you've ever met one of them but they're they're 
kind of strange. Yeah, so sure. I like after that happened, I like threw out all my ICP stuff because um, I like their music, <laughs> but I don't want to like go to their concerts and get Fago sprayed all over me and be surrounded by the Juggalos. I just you know I want to listen to their music. In, in my house and not be bothered. So gotcha, I would man. say that's my guilty pleasure. Yeah, I say I'll give you my I say my guilty pleasure, especially with music. Uh, like I would say, probably like you know the likes of like, especially especially in middle school because it was very big back then. But like pop, like like pop music, boy bands, and like the Spears, the Aguileras, the Spice Girls, and all that shit. That was like you know like middle school time frame for me, and it's like really really big big on that, especially in the chore like the choreography. And all that, like, and noticing like similar, like similar moves they would have. So that would be like my thing. And coming from Virginia, and um, I would say, and being and, and being black, like in our school, like if you listen to, like it was, you know, it was almost like because you're black, you had to listen to R and B and and rap. You know what I'm saying? But me, I was open to again, like rock, like this, you know, sound. I would say Soundgarden and like. Yeah, this it's all it's all around music. I mean, I'm I listen to whatever the fuck I want to listen to these days. But, yeah. but like back then, it was like if you I were, listen to to everything except for like country, just because I don't care for most of the things that they sing about and their voices are annoying. Man, <laughs> I will give the same suggestion I gave to uh, to Don when I interviewed uh, her. Shout, shout out to Don Hosmer uh, for allowing me to interview her. But I listen I listen to slow country. That would like love like really about like stories of like love and heartbreak and shit. So I would suggest for you you, you check it out on your own own time, man. But uh, Better Man by Little Big Town is uh, probably my favorite country record right now. And uh, uh, Carrie Underwood or Randy Travis's I Told You So. They have a version with both of them together, but both of them separately did I Told You So. But that shit right there, like you feel you you feel that shit. Um, like the, the like the the lyrics in that one. So I got I got random questions that I had some folks help me out with. So uh, run them down to you. But uh, what temperature do you keep your thermostat on? If it's during the winter, I keep it at seventy two. If it's during the summer, I keep it at sixty eight. All right. What's worse, a loud chewer or a snore? I would say a snore because if like you're out in public, it doesn't matter if they're chewing loudly. But if you're trying to sleep and someone's you know snoring loud. Right. Okay. What's your favorite board game? Ticket to Ride. Cool. Um, since most people drink their coffee while reading, do you drink yours while writing? I sometimes I drink while writing. Um, I don't really read in the morning when I have my coffee anymore like I used to. I usually read on my lunch break at work and before I'm going to bed. Um. So if if I have to choose from one of those, it's when I'm when I'm writing. But I do all my writing at night because um, I have, you know I wait till everybody falls asleep. And depending on how tired I am, I may not have a cup of coffee. Okay, I got you. Your favorite place to get a good cup of coffee, if it's outside of like like if it's a local joint or something like that, there in Pennsylvania. Um, yeah. So like if it's not like Dunkin' or Starbucks, but where would you? Know? Uh, you know, um, aside from my own kitchen, there is a place uh, probably about 20 minutes from my house. It was actually the basis for the coffee shop that is in the opening chapter of my book. Yeah. It's called MJ's, but there's a movie theater next door. It's, you know, it's, it's like an independent uh, theater. There's usually like one or two movies and then there's the the coffee shop and they have like sandwiches and there's local um artists can come and they put their their artwork on the wall and people can like buy them and stuff okay all right um and let's see the last and last question for you uh one what's one long-term goal you have for your life as a whole a long-term goal probably I don't want to be like a boring, like say like a boring answer and be like, oh, I want to get another book published. Hey, um, hey be, be you, man. That's all you. That's all you can be, right? God, I don't know, man. Um, I would like to get to the point where I don't have to have like a regular job. Like if I could just stay home and you know, like do my writing and then you know also like 
take care of the kids or whatever. Yeah. Like, if I could make, a, like, not saying, like, I just want money, but if, if I could be, you know, to the point where I don't have to go to work and I can just stay home and focus on, you know, my family, that would be my... The uh, the one thing that I'd want. Yeah, do what you love for a living, and you never yeah. work, you never work a day in your life again. Mm-hmm. That's roughly how that goes. All right, man. Um, so that's roughly all I got for you. Um, you have uh, I would say for you, you got maybe I'll give you three questions that you might be able to um have for me that I in, in about anything, and I'll you know I run it down to you the best as best as possible, and then we'll close we'll close out. Wait, so you want me to ask you three three questions? Yeah, whatever, whatever you want, man. It doesn't matter what it is, dude. Okay. Um, where were you born? Jacksonville Naval Hospital, September twentieth, nineteen eighty-five, at eleven sixteen a.m. Okay, so so you've lived in Florida your your whole life. Uh, I know. I'm a navy. I'm a, I'm a navy brat, man. So like we, like I think the nearest hospital. Cause my dad was stationed in Kings Bay, Georgia at the time. Both my mom and my dad, both Navy. And I, yeah, so the nearest hospital was, I think, in Jacksonville. So ran, uh, I was yeah, born there. And then I'm pretty sure once, you know, I got, uh, was taken out of the hospital. We shot back up to Kings Bay, Georgia. We were there for, I don't know, maybe two, uh, probably two years after, or two to three years after my birth. And then we moved to Guantanamo Bay, Cuba. And oh, wow. we were there for from 89 till about January of 92. Yeah, January of 92. From there, we went to um, Lexington Park, Maryland. And that's where I got to play coach pitch and, and T-ball there. And I didn't get to go to that damn Hershey Park that we, that we talked about. Because <laughs> my dad got orders. Yeah, he got orders in, um, I think, like May of 95. So I would have been going to the fifth grade that following September. Wasn't wasn't able to do that. So we moved to Suffolk, Virginia, because my dad got stationed in Norfolk. And I stayed there until I left for the Air Force in uh, January of 2004. And, 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 that, yeah, and at that point, yes, Florida. It's been Florida ever since. So I found my way back home where I was born. <laughs> Rather. What is your favorite movie? Shit, uh, we're gonna have to go by genre, genre, um, probably, and I can run down each whatever genre you name. I'll tell you, um, like the favorite in that. Okay, what's your favorite like action movie? Action movie would probably be Thirteen Hours. Okay. Uh, one more question. Um, do you prefer camping or going to the beach? I would say going to the beach. One because of the the, the women and the attractions that are walking around <laughs> in South oh in South Beach. I mean, a, a woman's anatomy is one of the most beautiful things I would say God and the universe has ever created. Uh, for those who believe in God and those who don't, um, it's <laughs> like yeah that that and, and then just really like going to I would say a particular South Beach, like the 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 landscaping the 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 you know the skylines and stuff how beautiful the water is i don't really care too much sometimes for like the the like the, i would say some of the tourists that don't know how to act and shit and then like yeah. the cops have to come out like i'm sure if you watch the news like during spring break um they they have like tons of stories like i seen one once one story man on a, on a, on the news where a woman a woman is decked. She's decked. Knock the fuck out on like and drunk, drunk college kids. Man, they're just out there and they just not. They just hit her in the fucking face and she's just knocked out cold, man. So I don't. I don't. I, 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 yeah, I don't really care too much for for that thing. It kind of messes up like a whole ambiance. But for me to get a day off from work, if I ever do uh, with this current um schedule we're on, but get like get to get out to the beach, bring my Bluetooth like cube speaker, uh, play like the more than likely music that I grew up on, and then just sit in like my beach chair with like a couple cold ones disguised because uh, you're not allowed to have cans on the beach but that that's like the beauty for me and i've yet to go i would say camp- camping you know what i'm saying which is something that i'm not opposed to but i just haven't had the the chance or been around folks that actually do that but that's something i would definitely like to do so but to to say the preference uh so for right now that answer is going to the beach once i go camping yeah for sure um, I'm pretty sure. I'm pretty sure camping will probably be a lot, a lot more peaceful. You know, being out there with nature as long as no bears out there trying to fuck me up. Yeah, definitely. 
Well, I mean, that's that's pretty much all, all I have for you, bro. You got any? Uh, I would say anything um, you, that you um, might want to say to your to your fans. Like, well, yeah, matter of fact, where where can your uh, where can your fans find you? Um, you got social media or? Yeah. The only social media I have is, is Facebook. Um, I've been thinking about getting on Twitter, but as I said earlier, I'm you know I'm planning to go by a different name, and I don't want to like have a Twitter account and then have to change it. I'm not sure if you can yeah. like change your name once it's activated. I think yeah, you can. Yeah, you can. You can change it. You can change that. Oh. Okay, well then I might be on Twitter soon, but right now I'm just on Facebook. I would suggest that you, uh, being an author, I would say the best best platforms for you um, to do is probably Instagram, Twitter, and even Tumblr. Tumblr is a good a, a good thing to do, and even Island, okay. and, and even Pinterest as well. Pinterest is a good good thing, especially like for authors, like, you know, like and, and people love to read, especially like for your poetry, your poetry, yeah. and once you get it, like copywritten and all that shit, because you know people like to, you know, again steal steal ideas. I mean, there's nothing really original, but you know they can. It's very easy to to, to look up like poetry on Pinterest, and then you know somebody pens it off as their own or something like that. But once you get the the rights to all of that, you know, you you should be good to go, man. And yeah, I think that's that's roughly all I got for you, man. I, I I, I really do appreciate you, you know, giving me the opportunity to interview you, getting to tap inside your mind and, you know, learning about, you know, you going up to Scottsdale, Arizona, same high school as David Spade, who I don't find to be funny. I really don't find David Spade. Yeah, I'm, I'm not a fan of <laughs> Yeah, I'm not a fan of, you know. I went to a school with a yeah, celebrity. Yeah. Um, or not with him, but, you know, to the same school. Right. And, um... Yeah, I think that's, that's roughly all I, all I got for you, man. You got anything you got for me? No, man. I, I, I think we're good. I think I'm, I got to uh, go downstairs here in a few minutes and help my wife out because I hear the kids screaming, the dogs barking, and she's probably <laughs> screaming for me to get off the phone. So. Yeah, true family, man. All right, well, let me close Let me close this thing out. So um, so, so here we are we again with uh, Alex Bernstein. Uh, again, his his novel, The Platform, is on Amazon. Am- Amazon. Any other platforms where they can find that, that, that novel? for you bro uh, it's not the i was trying to get it on you know all the different devices like the the um the barnes and noble um nook thing and on uh apple books but the publisher said since it's only available digitally it would be more beneficial to keep it exclusive to kindle because then you can do the um, kindle what's it called i think it's kindle unlimited or kindle direct publishing or something i forget what it is but if you make it exclusive to them then you earn more money doing it that way all right man well um well you know from Romy mac and author alex bernstein this is the interview with rome and we're out peace